right, and we're back for another episode, and I'm joined with Karen Lee Batten. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, so you're here in Canada. Where are you originally from? Um, I was born and raised in Abbotsford, British Columbia, and uh, now I live in Langley, but I kind of did my routine where I moved to Vancouver for a little bit, and um, you know, I went back to Abbotsford at one point, but I've kind of always lived in BC other than a two-year period I actually went out and moved to Toronto. Nice. How was Toronto? How was that? Toronto was good. It was extremely cold. The year that I lived there it was minus 40 with 100 mile an hour wind chills and then I went I think I'm gonna go back home. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think winter is worse there isn't it? Yeah it's yep it's very cold there. Um, So I I lasted I went there for school so I lasted there for a little bit and then I turned around and and went back home and actually um I ended up getting a scholarship at Humber College for saxophone okay (laughs) and um I came home and sang at a girlfriend's wedding in the summer and fell in love with a groomsman and then totally ditched the scholarship and came back home and came back home (laughs) okay all right how proud um, moment yeah (laughs) Yeah. How, how's uh, how's quarantine been treating you out there? Um, you know, it, I always find that question so interesting. Um, I think if any, I, I mean, maybe there's a few people that are like, "Oh, it's been fine. I've been totally fine." And sure. uh, kudos to anyone that can die hard and absolutely mean that. But um, you know, I mean, it's had its ups and downs. I think like anything, you know, we've all had to navigate through this weird time. And for me, I miss the stage so much. Like, I can't even tell you how much I miss the stage and just, you know, like the camaraderie and the people, I mean, in our industry, you know, um, yes, we go out for lunch with friends like normal people do, but our industry was packed with a ton of people on a daily basis. That's right. You know, so it wasn't groups of 10 and 20, it was thousands, you know, so it's a very different, um, period where, I mean, I'm very blessed to say that I can still put out some music and still record. And, you know, we've been able to figure all that out, but I'm just so looking forward to just, you know, grabbing a beer and, and hopping on a stage and singing these songs and having people sing back to me, whether it's a cover tune or something, you know, original of mine or whatever it is, but just have that party back, you know? That's right. So would you say the live shows, you know, missing out on that has kind of been your biggest struggle or... Yeah, probably. I, yeah, I really love being on the road. You know, I mean, I love my family. (laughs) I love my home, but I really love getting out there. And I've always said that one of my favorite parts about this industry is that, you know, no no two days are ever the same. You never run into the same other than your band. You never run into the same people really, unless it's another year at the same festival, which you're excited to, you know, get back to. Um, But it's never really the same thing twice. It's a different hotel. It's a different group of people. It's, you know, it's um, you're adding songs, you're taking away songs, your sets are changing. Like, and I love that. Um, Maybe it's the Leo in me. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it makes it exciting for me to just kind of keep going and see new things. And, uh, and so I would probably say that. And then um, almost the same thing twice traveling, just period traveling, you yes. know, being able to hop. Yeah. I mean, you must miss that too. Oh. Like being able to hop on a plane and, and, you know, just go lay in the sun in the middle of November is like, you know, I really miss that. I think everyone <laughs> needs that. Everyone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what's one good thing you've taken from this whole quarantine thing? Yeah. Um, Well, I, (laughs) you're going to laugh. So um, the whole live thing for me 
and like doing like streaming interviews and, you know, going live for uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case may be. That was always something I kind of shied away from. So I'll say that that's something that I've definitely had to go, okay, well, I can't ignore that anymore because clearly this is the only way that we can do things right now. And the other thing is, and this is definitely not a promotional thing, but I did start up a new company in the meantime because I'm always usually running around and super busy. And so I think I sat on the couch for about two days moping and went this really sucks. Now what? Because yeah. um, usually if I'm not on stage, I'm booking shows. So I'm running and booking shows and booking bands and kind of doing the, you know, fly around kind of road manager type thing. Right. Um, and so I kind of sat there going, what would I, what am I going to do? And I started up a company called Earthia, where I now make about a hundred different um, handmade organic products like lip balm, lip glosses and cool. foaming hand soaps and bar soaps and just tons of stuff. So it actually, um, ended up in a spa as of about a month ago. Nice. So, um, you know, it's kind of been a cool little transition of something else that I can do that kind of makes me feel like I'm giving back a little bit as well. And I actually have a massive order on my kitchen counter right now that's going out for a charity in a couple of days. And so, you know, it, that's definitely been something that's kept me busy busy and thank goodness because I'd probably lose my mind otherwise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. Now I want to take it back and let's chat about your Canadian Idol experience. Because <laughs> that was oh, that was goodness. 2003, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. So tell us a little that bit. That makes about... me 29. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say the age. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your experience there. Yeah, that was a wild time. Um, never something I thought I would ever do. I um, I was kind of in a transition period of deciding whether I wanted to move to Nashville or stay in Canada. And so when that opportunity came up, um, the first thing I thought was, I no, I'm not a reality TV person at all. I love watching it. And we all sit around and laugh and, you know, and enjoy um, all the contestants and what have you. But I thought, I don't want to be that person that people are laughing at, you know? <laughs> right. And so I kind of after watching American Idol, I thought, oh, I wonder if they're ever going to come out with that. And when it did, I remember the day that the advertisement came out because I think it had been about honestly, probably 20 seconds before my phone started beeping. And it was either a family member or a friend going, oh, my goodness, they're bringing Canadian Idol in town. You've got to try out. And I thought, is this really going to be what I do? It, you know, and so. I think one thing fast forward, you know, you go from trying out and going through that whole process to it being narrowed down to 200 and then all of a sudden the top 30 and so on. But I remember sitting there in the top 200 and you're in the audience and you're listening to every single person audition. Right. And it blew me out of the water the amount of talent that was in that room. You know, you can have your family and friends tell you that you can sing all day long, but when you're sitting in a room of 200 people that and after 6,000 auditioned and you're sitting with the top 200 and I'm going, honestly, 190 of them could have won. And I don't mean anything about the other 10, but we've all seen the best of the worst shows. And so they got to come up with those as well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, I'm sitting there, my jaws dropping because every single person that went up on stage, I thought I don't stand a chance. Like, you know, before you're kind of thinking maybe there's a chance, but at this point I'm like, there's no way. So, you know, I, I think it was kind of neat in that it was overwhelming to think of how much talent was there, but it also made you 
you know, sit up a little higher, a little stronger and go, Oh, I better work my ass off for this. Like, this is not going to be easy whatsoever. There's, there's so much talent in Canada, as we know, with so many talented Canadians that we already have that are doing huge things, you know? So I, you know, that the whole experience was amazing. Um, Definitely something I probably took away from it would be, you know, knowing that there's thousands of people actually in that case there was 6.1 million viewers was our highest view during Canadian Idol and then you're looking into this little black box and trying to be emotional and transmit your songs and your lyrics out to this audience and sometimes that you can forget that you know you do have a live audience behind that camera you know so really try and project that emotion of what you're singing and so I I would say probably that's something that I you know, took away from, from that experience as being something I'll forever use throughout my career, but oh. it was a wild time. <laughs> so Canadian Idol isn't something you always want to do. It was just kind of, you were kind of just pushed into it almost. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I think one thing that's really cool that I've, uh, that I've definitely kind of continued on after that was when people do ask you to do things like we all kind of, have the natural feeling of being a bit scared, whether it's starting a new job or whatever the case may be. But um, I think, you know, being a bit of a yes person, as long as it doesn't put you in harm's way or go against a moral um, is a really good thing to learn, you know? And so I've definitely jumped in with two feet throughout the years following that, um, that reality show, just saying yes to things, you know, and allowing myself to, uh, be nervous about it, but be but trend like transition the, those nerves into more of a, an excitement to go. I can do this, and even if I fall on my ass, like oh well, you know what I mean. Like yep. just keep going, and you'll learn something from it. And and from that, I think have come up with some cool things, you know, throughout the career and opportunities that people have um, um, allowed me to take on and trusted in me you know, for things. So it's, uh, you know, I think it's been a definitely a benefit over a, a negative from that experience for sure. <laughs> okay. And I want to talk about the, the tryout sessions. Cause I mean, a little, fact, okay. a little fact that no one know, I actually tried out for Canadian Idol as well. Cody, I, yeah, am, <laughs> I am not a singer by any means though. <laughs> and I was wanting to be the one of the guys that got made fun of on TV. Are you 100% like I did it just to just to say I did it. That's it. Yes. But it's funny because they actually they said if you know you're better than someone, but they get through and you don't. They're like, it's television people. It's kind of one of those things. So is that kind of what happened where you were as well? Because that's what they said to us in Edmonton here. And it was like I got through over someone like for the first round, because you have like the three producers and then I went to the one-on-one kind of thing. Right. And then it was like, I'm like, oh my God, everyone hates me here because I'm terrible, right? So, oh, it's too funny, too funny. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I have to admit, I mean, like I said before, they do have to have the best of the worst show. Yeah. And there were a couple of times that us in the audience, we kind of did that, you know, that high school where you look at your friend and give her that look, you know, and yeah. you're, you know, and you're watching something and we're kind of going, this doesn't add up. And then of course the whispers would start and go, Oh, yeah. now we get why they're here. And I mean, it's unfortunate. And what's terrible is that, I mean, they, I mean, unlike yourself where you knew it was <laughs> going to be kind of funny, 
there's people who really honestly felt like that they were, you know, that good and that they should be there. And they were yes. devastated when they were kicked off or when they were put on that show afterwards. And I get it. It's for good TV, whatever. But, you know, I just hope that it's not something that's followed them around <laughs> since 2003. <laughs> you know, it was like something like when I got through to the next round, I was like, there is no way. <laughs> That just happened. There's no way. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, it was too funny. And that, has that been your biggest, like, famous moment? <laughs> Maybe. And it was, like, it was, like, the first time it was really awkward where they had, like, the cameras coming at you, obviously, for the show, right? But it was, yeah. it was just, like, oh, no, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. And I knew, I like, it. I knew it was so bad, right? But it was just, like. You got to drag I, up that footage. Is there any footage on it? I don't think so. I don't oh, think there's man. any of it because I kept looking to see if it was on television at all, but I didn't make the cut for television. Let's put it oh, that way. Oh, buddy. I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, is there is there a backstage story you're able to share that maybe the cameras didn't catch? Yeah. Um, they. I mean, I mean, like any reality show, they do try and start a little bit of drama. So okay. there is that, right? You know, I mean, they'll you know, they might say, Oh, so-and-so, did you hear what so-and-so said? And which probably happened, but no, the person didn't hear, you know? And right. so now they're, now they're fumed up about it and they got to go find the person and, and the camera crew will be very more than willing to go, Oh, they're just over there, yeah. you know, as they follow them around. But um, I guess one in particular would have been um, when we were in a, we were practicing a choreographed song. And so all uh, 11 of us had to be on stage at that time. And um, one of the gals, I'll leave her name out. She had to go to the bathroom okay. and she didn't turn her mic off. Oh, no. So, so everyone has to stop because <laughs> you can't continue because we are all a part of this, you know, choreographed song. Right. And so we all waited. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, what? What? Oh, Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> and then, of course, you try and play it off when they come back in the room, like everything's fine, but everybody bursts out laughing. Of course, she went every shade of red, and it just was like note to self, always turn your mic off when, uh, when, of you're, when you don't want someone to hear. Oh, you know. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I mean, I would make the best of it, of course, because that's, that's what I do. I'd, I don't even know, actually. I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think it might be easier for a guy to get away with that. I maybe, don't know. Maybe. You might You might take, be right. It would take a certain type of girl to really pull that one off. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'd be like, oh, you guys heard that? Well, it is what it is. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't go chasing waterfalls, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. Um. Was country music always a genre you kind of wanted to pursue or was there another genre? Um, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, my original music was more of the gospel and more of the rock. And so I actually really loved in the very beginning, my stuff was like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, you know, and, and flip side. I know this is like, huh? But I loved like Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine and like the U2, like back in the U2 days, I don't, they went from a Christian band to a rock band to like more of a pop band, which was interesting. But yeah. I was kind of right in that rock area of like Joshua Tree. And I, I mean, I loved all of that type of music. And I kind of went into more of like that Alanis Morissette, Sarah McLaughlin, Tori Amos, Amanda Marshall kind of stage. Um, country music for me came out of 
a funny situation where I had broke up with a guy <laughs> and my girlfriend said, uh, you got to come to the Marymount Music Festival. It's amazing. And I went, no, I'm not going to do that. And I think I was 19, maybe. Okay. And she goes, no, no, no. You really need to come to this festival. Like there are like hot dudes, like really hot dudes. And I went, huh. Well, maybe I'll come to the festival. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, I got a full tank of gas. My Jeep's parked out front. She was already there. And she was in a van with some of her other girlfriends. And I went, really? And she goes, yeah, just go grab my Jeep. So top down, yellow Jeep, YJ tunes cranked i hop on the freeway and i'm halfway up and i realize that i don't have reception so i can't listen to my rock radio station that i always listen to and what is in the cd player but a mixtape of everyone at the festival that year of course because she made it of course so by the time i got there i knew one dixie chick song one leanne rhymes song one tim mcgraw song and everyone that was playing that year and so i remember standing there thinking why do I know this song? And I'm kind of singing along and she goes, you listen to my tape on the way out. <laughs> so that's what got me into country. It was yeah. white tank tops, Wrangler jeans on hot dudes and like five country songs. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then fast forward, Aaron Burchett uh, actually was the first guy that got me playing on some of the um, stages out here at the country bars that were open. Um, it was Roosters and Gabby's and Boone County. And I would go and watch his shows and he would get me up to sing like three songs that I knew with his band. And that was actually the first stages I ever got on singing country. He would do something like that. He would. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Follow would. around the hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about your newest single now, Drinking Song. Yeah. It's going to be a part of a new EP you have coming out later this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're working on that right now. Um, we've already released two tracks off of that. So Drinking Song, and then prior to that in October, we released Too Strong. And, um, and so we have yet to figure out exactly how many songs are going on it, but okay. we know for sure that there'll be four and we're working on some more right now and plugging away to get those out. So I'm excited. Awesome. And, uh, okay. So tell us about the single, how it all came together, because this is about a past experience, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um, when I write, like, I mean, we've all done the writing sessions where we, um, you know, have a planned write where it's, you know, um, you're going to arrive there at 11 and write till three. And as soon as three o'clock's over, you might have another one, you know, following that and it's timed and you're in a, you're in a writer's room and you have different people coming in and out. Um, one thing that, I mean, I love that as well. And I totally get the importance of that, especially if you're traveling and you're on a trip and you, you know, that you're on a writer's trip. But, um, one thing I really love is the untimed as well. And so this trip was a little bit different. I had invited Mitch Merritt and Jeff Johnson, both from BC, um, to come up to our holiday place in Kelowna. And so we were actually there for like three nights. We did drink quite a bit of wine and other things, I'm sure, whiskey and so on. Yep. And, um, and it was just kind of, um, there was no pressure about it. And I really loved that. And so we actually wrote three songs that all three of them are going on the EP um, during that trip. And one includes Drinking Song. And so I had never written anything about an ex really before. I um, There was one song I wrote called The Next Step, which was just kind of, you know, like moving on from something. But I'd never really kind of dug into 
like a real past relationship. And honestly, Cody, I think it's kind of funny because sometimes I feel like when you do that, you might not always want to talk about, you know, like if, if it's you or somebody else, who's not a singer or writer, you know, if I walk up to somebody on the street and go, Hey, right now, tell me about your divorce. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so sometimes you just kind of aren't in that state of mind. And so uh, I guess when I thought about writing about an ex, it always seemed like it had to be kind of downer and sad. And maybe that's why I shied away from it. But when Jeff started saying, Hey, tell me about this past situation for you. I started talking about it. And he's like, what? He's like that, but that really happened. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, Oh, we're writing about this. So, so I love that it became something that I can like, I don't want to say laugh at, cause it's not like I'm laughing at it, but sure. I can look at it as I'm it's so in the past for me that I'm able to write it like this right. and it doesn't have to be sad and bring on that sort of emotion. I can just say, Hey, when the heart is hard to take, you need a song to numb the pain. So when it's wrong, I need a drinking song, you know? And so that was kind of the moral of the whole song was like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes you just need to be able to forget about it and move on and say, come on girls, let's just go have a drink. You know? So that's kind of where this came from with a couple of funny little things in between, but everything in the song actually did happen. And you know, (laughs) it's good to be able to look back and go, it, it was hard then. And it was in a moment when I never would have wanted to talk about it back then, but you know, it's been, it's been a good length of time now that it's a good reminder that things do change and things do get better. And the hard does, you know, get, it moves into the past. That's right. You know? Cause when I listened yeah. to it, it was like, Oh, this is kind of an upbeat, happy song. And then I was like, Oh, there's a meaning behind this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh, I don't know if people will know. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, who knows if he's heard it yet. <laughs> I was ju- I was going to ask that next, actually. He's he might not out. find it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you've had some co-writers on it. What's your favorite thing about co-writing? I love co-writing. I love co-writing way more than I love sitting by myself writing. Me sitting by myself writing will take a million years longer than if I have other people in the room. I think what... I love the most about it is it's not all about me, you know? And, um, I think that having more heads on something makes a song even more relatable because they can enter in a little bit of, you know, things that happened with them, or they can even give me the, Oh yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from with that, you know, and kind of the assurance that we're going down the right path. The other thing I love is that, Um, you know, somebody like Jeff Johnson comes in and he just starts to play and you're going, okay, that riff is rad. And he just had, I don't even know how he is as creative as he is. And then Mitch, what he brings to the table too. I mean, he's got that kind of rock and grunge country feel to him and and the way that he writes that combined with the three of us. Um, I just felt, I felt pretty blessed to have those two in the room. That's for sure. And then on the last single, Chad Kruger entered into the right as well on too strong. And, um, he's, you know, mind blowing in his talents as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know how I became cool enough to hang out with any of those guys, (laughs) (laughs) but somehow I must've done something right along the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, I love, love, love co-writing. And we hope actually to do that again this summer. Thankfully that they're in my bubble. So um, we hope to be able to kind of do a repeat trip of, uh, of what we were able to do before. So we'll see what comes out of that one. Awesome. Okay. And what would you say is the weirdest, most awkward way you've come up with a song? Oh, man. <laughs> Weirdest, most awkward way we've come up with a song. <laughs> oh, man, that's actually really funny. We were debating the other day about recording a song that we wrote on that trip. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of um, it's kind of an answer to. Brad Paisley's, well, I'm going fishing. You know that song? Yep. Okay. So, okay. so without giving the whole thing away, um, that song is pretty awkward and hilarious. Okay. And if I ever do record it, how about this? If I ever do record it, I will contact you and we can, we'll like premiere it or something together. Uh, and then yes. I can, and then I can tell you a little bit more about it at that time. But now that I'm talking about it, it makes me really want to record it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could do like an Instagram live or something. And yes. Okay. Let's do that. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Okay. Um, can we expect a video sometime soon for the newest single? Yeah, actually today oh. the lyric video comes out. Okay. And we shoot the official video on the 20th. So that's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Okay. And um, I think it gets released just after the radio release. So the official radio release is April 26th. And then the official video will come out right after that. So we're, we're creating right now because it's definitely an interesting time when you can't have a whole bunch of people around you. So we're kind of coming up with um, creative ideas on how we're going to play out this video <laughs> on Tuesday. So I know we're right around the corner, but we're going to kind of, you know, put it all together at the last minute and, and come up with our ideas for that. But yes, there is an official video. Perfect. And with the release of this single and I obviously the EP coming up, what's next for you? Well, we will uh, move on to release another song. Um, so I'm excited about this one too. I think it'll be, I think, I don't know. I hope people really relate to it, but regardless, I'm just excited to, you know, get some of my own rights out there again, to be honest. The last album that I did um, was the Under the Covers and Muscle Shoals. And so we went down to fame and did that in Alabama and I, it was all a covers record and something I definitely, um, it's a forever record and a, and a dream um, to be able to do that. But one thing about it is it wasn't stuff that I wrote. And so um, this stuff for me is it's it's been a real refreshing to kind of come back with some of my own rights. And so I think that's really what I'm going to focus on. I'm just going to focus on getting out more of my music and um, doing a lot more writing. And then the minute that I'm allowed to get on a plane, I'm just going to go somewhere gone that's my plan (laughs) i don't even know where i'm gonna be like whether it's even in canada you know i've never even visited the far east coast i've always wanted to see like pei and newfoundland and you know and i I haven't done that yet and that's always bothered me that i haven't seen that side of our own country you know so i want to do that but um one of my favorite places in the world is puerto vallarta it's so quick to get to and it's so much fun down on the malecon and like you know i mean there's some tequila that definitely misses me yep down there (laughs) (laughs) i agree i mean i hate tequila myself but 
It, I do too. It's, it's, but never, I just, it's never nice to me. Well, it's never really all that nice to me either, but it definitely is something that at least it, it needs to at least be consumed a couple of times just because you're there. Absolutely. I do agree <laughs> with that. Awesome. All right. So uh, for those who don't know, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Everything is just under my full name, Karen Lee Batten on every platform. That's it. Just on, uh, on the website and Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, everything is Karen Lee Batten. Awesome. Easy enough. All right, Karen. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today. Cody, you rock. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, it, man. Uh, anytime. And uh, let's talk about that Instagram live thing. Cause <laughs> you got me let's, thinking. Let's you get that thinking. out. Okay, All right. So thanks so much. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. All right, thanks. Cheers.